Welcome to Taiwan Talk. I'm Donovan Smith in Taichung. With me today is Chrissy Wong, the first Taiwanese woman to run the Big Six International Marathons. Now, these marathons are all about 42 kilometers in length, or roughly the distance from downtown Taipei to downtown Taoyuan, a serious athletic accomplishment. Thank you for joining us, Chrissy. Hi, everyone. So, what is the experience like running a marathon? Um, for me, pre-race, I get super nervous. And I think for anyone, because you, especially the first time, you don't really know what to expect. Um, sometimes I retie my shoelace seven and eight times, go to the bathroom ten times. I get super nervous. Um, the first 10, 20K is really exciting. You know, you're just... Um, absorbing everything, especially I've run a lot of international marathons, so it's really fun. Um, but then, you know, when they say you hit the wall, um, for me, it's physical pain from head to toe. Everything hurts. Um, it's more of a mental game. So you find a way to push on. Don't stop. No walking. Just keep on running um, with all the pain. And then the last three or five Ks filled with excitement, so I try to sprint through the end, regardless of the pain. So for me, it's that's like the, the marathon experience. What is the experience like when you cross the finish line? Um, the first time, people usually cry. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Did, did you? Um, I had, I didn't really have tears, but I was really, really excited. Yeah. Um, I remember it was in Tokyo, mm -hmm. and my family had missed me at the finish line because they were stuck in the subway. So I crossed the line by myself, but um, I almost cried. It was really, really exciting. It's a very emotional moment. Very. Yeah. Now, you are the first Taiwanese woman to complete the Big Six International Marathons. Um, now, I believe there was a few guys before you? Yeah, there were five people before me. Okay, so you're the sixth uh, Taiwanese ever to complete the Big Six. Yes. Now, what makes the Big Six... Um, so which cities are they, and why are they so special? Um, so the six are Berlin, London, Chicago, New York, Boston, and Tokyo was the last one to join. So it mm -hmm. used to be Big Five, actually. Oh, I see. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the year I did Tokyo was the first year I joined oh, okay. Big Six. Yep. Um, the reason why it's called the hardest marathon medal to get in the world is just mainly because uh, there are not a lot of spots. Well, there are about... Forty to 50,000 runners, so it sounds like a lot, Yeah. but uh, because that's where the elites run. So the elites train for these races, one, one or two of them a year, and the prize money is really big, plus yeah. a lot of times a BMW, like a car, and so uh, that's where the fastest runners run in the world, um, but for normal runners like us, your other option is lottery. So because there are so many people who sign up, the acceptance rate is usually 5 to 10%. Oh. So that's why they're really hard to get into. Right. So, so you're definitely an elite. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, elite still in the top 5 or 10%. That's Luck pretty impressive. Wise. So I have really good lottery luck. <laughs> marathon lottery. So that's an important skill to have in the lottery Actually, in yes, the marathon yeah. world. Yes. Yeah, I have yeah. friends who have been rejected year after year for, you know, New York, Tokyo, London. Those are the really hard ones to get in for lottery. Yeah. And I got in every time. So you um so now you did you get a medal, an actual medal for completing the big six? Yeah, so I have six medals for those six races right. and then before your last one you uh, sign up and you tell them, hey, I'm about to finish my last one. And when you cross the finish line, for me, it was Boston. Um, 
I received two medals. Nice. And it was, it's a big medal. It's almost the size of my face. <laughs> <laughs> so, and now, um, you finished the Big Six in Boston, and that was special for you, wasn't it? Yeah, and I purposely saved it the best for last for me because I lived there for eight years, mm -hmm. so it was kind of like going home for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a beautiful city, I believe. Yes. Yeah. So, um, now, have you always been a runner? Is this something that's been a passion of yours for a long time? Or? Um, actually, no. I think um, it's been a huge transformation for me. So, I used to never work out. I was not good at sports in school. Uh, seven years ago, uh, I decided to start running for no reason. And I fell in love with it, and I signed up for a race. And it became almost like an addiction. I was so into it, and I signed up for maybe 11 races a year. Oh, and okay. And so yeah. it's been like that for about seven years. That's impressive. <laughs> yeah, so from a, a, a total couch potato to a high-level athlete, that's a, a, yeah. an amazing trans transformation. Do you, does it feel good? Yeah, well, my endurance training previously was wearing heels and shopping. <laughs> Being able to run and walk in heels all day was another type of endurance training for me. Um, but now all I wear is sneakers, and um, yeah, for me. Okay, so uh, so now you're out of practice on, on heels and shopping. Is that the yeah, case? Yeah, for sure. I can't <laughs> shop for more than thirty minutes. I can't really walk in heels anymore. <laughs> so now you are the CEO of Renshin Wellness Park. Uh, you're on the board of Taichung Amcham. Uh, you're involved in Hongdao uh, Senior Welfare. Uh, you are uh, also involved in founding a CrossFit box, I believe is the term. Mm -hmm. uh, and at night, you don a cape and mask and fight crime. <laughs> uh, oh, sorry, sorry, you're not supposed to know about that. Um, now, how do you do all of this? I mean, this is quite a quite a load. Yeah, and... I get asked a lot, like, how do you get so much done in a day? Um, but uh, I think to most people's surprise, I sleep seven to nine hours a day. Okay. I eat three meals. Mm -hmm. And I still try to get seven to ten hours of exercise a week. Right. Um, I think for me, really, it's time management. Okay. I don't feel like it's overwhelming, actually. I feel like it's very fulfilling. Right. Um, I don't feel overwhelmed very often from all these projects. Okay, but I right. think time management um, is huge for me, and um, exercise and running. So my efficiency level is really low, actually, if I don't exercise. Oh, okay. So that helps you with the the work. Yeah, for sure. Now you were involved in the Grand Riders Project, which got international coverage. Uh, it was a big hit. There was, I believe, a big documentary done about this. This was kind of a big deal. Can you tell us a little bit about that project? So uh, Hongdao is part of our uh, organization. So we started uh, our organization, Hostel, we run hospitals. Um, Hongdao is a senior welfare charity. Um, it's been around for, say, 23 years-ish. Um, but the Grand Riders was something we did uh, 12 years ago. Um, what we wanted to do was to prove to society, prove to people that seniors don't have to sit home on their couch and because it's safer, don't go out, sit and watch TV at home all day. So we wanted to prove that they can also be active. They can also have dreams. Um, it's part of our active aging initiative. Mm -hmm. So we brought a group of um, 17 seniors, um, half of them with chronic diseases, cancer, half of them never even 
rode a scooter before, oh. so they had to learn how to ride a scooter. Okay. And uh, we brought them on a island uh, wide run, uh, not run, back to <laughs> running again ride, uh, which I think was uh, um, two weeks. A two it was weeks around uh, all, all around, around Taiwan. Taiwan. Yeah. Yeah, and so uh, we did a we filmed a short forty five minute documentary, but it was so well received that a couple years later we were persuaded to make it into a full documentary. And that did really well. I think it broke Taiwan's uh, box office records yeah. for documentaries. So yeah. um, was that a, a, a fun experience to do? Yeah, it was It was really fun. It was. It, I think it was really amazing to see um, how they changed, like they became celebrities. Um, other seniors were encouraged to not necessarily ride scooters around Taiwan, but also just um, go out and do things they've always wanted to do. And it also changed drastically how society views seniors. Yeah. Because, because of that, we've had a whole series of active aging um, dreams never get old is what we call it mm -hmm. uh, projects in the past 10 years. And that's really changed a lot of uh, people's perceptions on seniors, what they can do and should do. So has the celebrity ruined them? Have they now gone out and got spent all their money, have big entourages? No? Uh, no, they... no, I mean, they haven't made money. <laughs> made a lot of money. But it's, I think it's been fun for them, too, because they, yeah. they're just normal people who sit at home. Uh, some are what we call doujilauren, just, you know, um, they live alone, low income. But, you know, now when they're on the... A train or a bus, like people recognize them. Oh, okay, yeah. So it's yeah. kind of cool for them. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, now you, I believe you're 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 the CEO of Renshin Wellness Park, and I believe that is also a senior care facility. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. So this is our new facility. It's in Taja, which is in Taichung. Uh, we are a long-term care facility. Uh, so we have daycare for seniors. We have nursing home. We also have like a care cafe we have a senior fitness gym so uh we've been open for about a year now yeah yeah and uh it's been really exciting because we've uh, attracted uh, a brand new really young uh, care team okay, which yeah. actually is now the youngest long-term care uh, team in taiwan okay so that's uh so are they very excited about the work is it's are they uh I think because traditionally uh, caregivers, so I think 80% of the work in a long-term care center is done by caregivers and then nurses. Mm -hmm. um, it's traditionally not a very attractive job because you are giving baths, changing diapers, feeding, and so it can get very redundant. It's very hard to attract talent mm -hmm. into this field. Um, the pay has tradi traditionally been very low, um, let alone kids wanting to could join but because of the aging society taiwan has a lot of these senior care departments now in schools so uh we've hired a bunch i would say 90 percent of our staff are fresh college grads actually that oh. study long-term care yeah mm -hmm. all right now you also um uh, you're starting this CrossFit box. You obviously don't have enough to do in your life. Um, <laughs> so the uh, can you can you tell us what a CrossFit box is? I, I don't know why it's why is it called a box. Well, they're traditionally boxes like metal. We call um, TPU like just um, out metal uh, sheds. Sort of, yeah. yeah okay. No AC. Okay. You know, no no fancy equipment. No wood, marble 
any of that. Okay. Just really raw, I think, gyms. Is, okay. Is consider- and it's actually an American brand. So okay. it's from the U.S., yeah. but there are, I'd say, over 14,000 CrossFit boxes worldwide now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is, uh, uh, so what is CrossFit? I'm not exactly a fit person. Um <laughs> Uh, and I I, uh, I don't think it would take up running. But um, So what is CrossFit? I, I've heard the name, but I, I don't know what it exactly is. What what makes it unique? So CrossFit is like a functional circuit training. Um, our classes are generally group classes. You could do one-on-one, but it's generally group classes. Um, a lot of it is using your own body weights, but we weights and kettlebells. So um, an hour class, for example, would be, you know, after warm-up, they give you a different uh, course. So today, um, the and the program names are always female names. Okay. So Lisa, Judy, Emily. Okay. And they each have. Is there um, a reason for that? Or um, yeah, there is. Uh-huh. <laughs> but um, so for example, for one of the courses, it could be do ten push-ups and then ten pull-ups and then fifteen burpees and then repeat like ten times. Okay. So, uh, very busy, but yeah. it's really fun. A lot of it are, um, you pair up. So, um, CrossFit is a fun circuit training, and you're sort of pushing your own limits. Um, so, it's not the type of gym where you go in and run on the treadmill or go to a spinning class mm-hmm. or aerobics. So, it's a, it's a very tight community. Okay, so it's yeah. less equipment-based, yeah. more physical action-based. Yeah, classes, yeah. Okay. And what we call WAD day. Okay. So the, the trainers will plan WAD for the okay. day. And uh, you don't know what to expect. Right. And they'll tell you. And then you do warm up the WAD and then uh, close up and do their own workout. But mm-hmm. I think the coolest thing about CrossFit is that it's a very uh, tight. So okay. we'll do workouts together, but we'll also do hiking and barbecue. So it's a great way also to meet other people looking to have like a healthy and fit life. Right, okay. So you can get together with your friends and do a wad. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Just that term, wad. Um, now that's opening in, uh, that you're opening the first one. Uh, is this the first one in Taiwan? Or if... There's actually a lot in Taiwan. Yeah. Um, I date there's at least 16. 16, okay. Mm, this brand or just in Um, There are boxes that have opened that have registered with mm-hmm. CrossFit. Um, we are fourth one in central Taiwan, okay. but the largest one. Uh, and we okay. have AC, right. we have nice bathrooms, so okay. we've um, set us set up a little bit differently than other CrossFits. Okay. Less raw. Less raw, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, now, you're in its opening in, I believe, September, is that correct? Yeah, we might do soft opening in August, actually. Oh, really? Okay. Are you excited about that? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because all of our equipment... Um, is from the U.S. Okay. So that's also something we emphasize. We have full equipment, um, all from the U.S., and right now it's arriving in Taiwan anytime. So oh. we're really excited. Okay, yeah. yeah. So if people wanted to find this, how would they find it? Uh, we have a Facebook page and Instagram. It's called Ulta Life, U-L-T-L-I-F-E, CrossFit. Okay. Um, now, for young people starting out, you've obviously accomplished quite a bit. Um, you know, between uh, being the CEO of the Wellness Park and, of course, in your charitable endeavors. Uh, I, I remember you also organized a charity gala uh, for Taichung Am Cham, which yeah. was very successful. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So for young people uh, coming out now, uh, what advice would you give them? Hmm. Uh, I actually just spoke to a bunch of college girls two mm-hmm. days ago about yeah. the same topic. Um, um, I think one is find something you're really passionate about. Don't try to follow a trend. You know, mm-hmm. Don't go and open, open some kind of shop because you think that's what the market wants and, and follow following a trend. So I think um, the things I'm involved in right now that we've shared about, I'm really, really passionate about. I think that's what really keeps you going. So um, so you were speaking to these students. What was their reaction? Um, they were all female. They were all girls. And they were uh-huh. asking, you know, how do you superwoman? How do you get all these things done? And, you know. Yeah, I have the same question. <laughs> I try to do 10K races and I gave up. And I, I realized, um, I think it's one, setting a goal and mm-hmm. having a solid plan. So a lot of people start things, mm-hmm. but they don't finish. A lot of people start races or sign up for a race and they don't go. So setting a realistic goal and setting a realistic plan and following with the plan, I think that's the hardest part. Same as with a marathon. I think it's easy to sign up. The hardest part, it's actually the training is harder than the actual race because it's four months of grueling, you know, getting up every day at five o'clock, running regardless of the weather. And I think that is the same attitude I have with, with all my work too. Like it gets hard. It gets tough. It's very easy to open a company, mm-hmm. um, but it's hard to continue. It's hard to fight on dealing with all kinds of issues. So um, I think it's uh, being very passionate in what you do, being persistent, um, a lot of times stubborn. <laughs> <laughs> stubborn as in, you know, this is what I believe in. Mm-hmm. And I think people, when they're touched by your passion and what you believe in, um, they will naturally follow you. So I've had a lot of people who work with me who really believe in what I want to do, and they just naturally want to work with me. Okay, that's always a good thing to have. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so, all right, so what is next for Chrissy Wong? Oh, I don't know. So, with running, mm-hmm. people keep asking me that, after Big Six especially. Um, I'm going to try to do the Seven Continents. It's called the Seven Continents Club. So, from the Big Six, I've already done three continents. Europe, Asia, and America. So I still have South America, Australia, um, Africa, and Antarctica. You're going to run Antarctica. I hope so. Oh, now that sounds uh, <laughs> as if you haven't done enough challenges yet. Uh, is there even a quarter? Yeah, there is actually an existing one there. Yeah, there are marathons there. Oh, wow! And I, I found a trainer actually. Yeah. He is Taiwan's uh, first uh, top. Extreme ultra marathoner. I think I've uh, seen Lin. this guy speak. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So Kevin Lin, he's agreed to train me for Africa and Antarctica. Oh, that's impressive. <laughs> Do you know where in Africa you might run? I don't know yet. There are so many actually mm-hmm. races there. Beautiful, and um, there's another friend of mine who's also done the big six at races now. Yeah. I'm planning, hopefully, doing one or two a year. Mm-hmm. My goal is to finish before I turn forty. All right. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in. Uh, This has been Chrissy Wong. Uh, I'm Donovan Smith for Taiwan Talk.